circle, yes, we rotate. 360 degrees, high, high, 360 degrees, high, high, 306, 306, 360 degrees, high, high, Good evening, KPFA listeners. Welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine, produced and hosted by members of the KPFA First Voice Apprenticeship Program. Tonight, we bring to you the eternal minister Malcolm X, El Haj Malik El Shabazz, Detroit Red, birth name Malcolm Little, whose meaning are uniquely uplifting and eternal and whose life models and mirrors the dignity, affirming way we should walk and work in the world. Seeking and speaking truth, doing and demanding justice, and striving constantly for the good world we all want and deserve. On tonight's show, we'll learn about the history of this shining black prince, Malcolm X, including his transformation from street hustler and ex-con into the great minister as we remember him today. We'll also spend time speaking with individuals whose art and lives were greatly influenced. All that and more on Full Circle. We will also be asking for your support in our KPFA Fund Drive. We are offering three different gifts options in celebration of Malcolm's life. Also, tomorrow is the Malcolm X Jazz Festival at San Antonio Park in Oakland from noon to 7 p.m. That's right, audio. So keep that dial here for great conversation, community updates, and our fun drive birthday tribute to Malcolm X. Welcome back to Full Circle. Tonight, like some of the programs you might have heard earlier today, we are celebrating Malcolm X's birthday on this special fund drive. We are offering with our fund drive a choice of three options. The first being for a donation of $180. You can get the Pacifica Radio Archive Living History Malcolm X Collection. This is a six CD set. In that collection, you will get the ballot or the bullet speech. Malcolm's prospects for freedom given at the militant labor forum back in 1965 and his speech in support of Fannie Lou Hamer in 1964. You'll also get James Baldwin, Levin McCummins, and John Henrik Clark. That's all in the Pacifica Radio Archive Malcolm X Collection for a donation of $180. For a donation of $50, you can receive a pair of passes for Gina's Journey, which will be playing at the SF Black Film Festival June 15th through June 18th. Gina's Journey is based on Regina Mason's extraordinary odyssey to reclaim the pioneering narrative of her ancestor, William Grimes, the runaway slave published in the New York Times in 1825. Three pairs, folks. That's all we have is three pairs, so these tickets will go fast. The director of Gina's Journey will be with us later on in tonight's show. And thirdly, for a donation of $50, a very special reenactment of Malcolm's Ballad or the Bullet speech by Michael Lange. Bay Area native Michael Lange was known for his riveting portrayal of Malcolm X, having performed his timeless speeches over and over again, everything from the grassroots and the ballot or the bullet on the stages more than a thousand times across the nation. We will later have a guest from the Michael Lange Foundation on the show with us to talk about Malcolm's influence on Michael Lange's life. 
You will also receive the satisfaction of knowing that your donations keep all of our great content on the air. And thank you to all those who have already supported KPFA and the hard workers in the phone room waiting to take your call. If you'd like to call and contact us about any of these three gifts, the number is one 800 849-5732. Again, that's 1-800-849-5732, also known as 1-800-HEY-KPFA. So, Dennis, what do we have up first for tonight? Well, Audio, we're going to start off our show with a special message from Ossie Davis on Malcolm X. Here, at this final hour, in this quiet place... Harlem has come to bid farewell to one of its brightest hopes, extinguished now and gone from us forever. For Harlem is where he worked and where he struggled and fought. There are those who will consider it their duty as friends of the Negro people to tell us to revile him to flee even from the presence of his memory, to save ourselves by writing him out of the history of our turbulent times. Many will ask what Harlem finds to honor in this stormy, controversial, and bold young captain, and we will smile. Many will say, turn away, away from this man, For he is not a man, but a demon, a monster, a subverter, and an enemy of the black man. And we will smile. They will say that he is of hate, a fanatic, a racist, who can only bring evil to the cause for which you struggle. And we will answer and say unto them, Did you ever talk to Brother Malcolm? Did you ever touch him or have him smile at you? Did you ever really listen to him? Did he ever do a mean thing? Was he ever himself associated with violence or any public disturbance? For if you did, you would know him. And if you knew him, you would know why we must honor him. Malcolm was our manhood, our living black manhood this was his meaning to his people and in honoring him we honor the best in ourselves however much we differed with him or with each other about him and his value as a man let his going from us serve only to bring us together now consigning these mortal remains to earth the common mother of all secure in the knowledge that what we place in the ground is no more now a man, but a seed, which, after the winter of discontent, will come forth again to meet us, and we shall know him then for what he was and is, a prince, our own black shining prince, who did not hesitate to die because he loved us so. Wow, what a strong and powerful message. No longer leaving this earth as a man, but a seed, a seed that can be planted within the hearts of everyone. 
We had just received the match challenge uh, from Selena from Novato and Nancy from Richmond of $400. We had to have this goal met by 730, folks. So if you are tuning in, give us a call, 1-800-849-5732. That's 1-800-849-5732 or 1-800-HEY-KPFA for the three pairs of tickets being sold at $50, the six CD set for $180, or the $50 DVD. Thank you for keeping your dial on 94.1 KPFA. The voice you just heard was that of actor, director, and civil rights activist Ozzie Davis, who delivered the eulogy at the funeral of Malcolm X back in 1965 at the Faith Temple Church of God in Harlem, which some of you might recognize from the film starring Denzel Washington, directed by Spike Lee. Dennis, before we go on into the history of Malcolm X, have you seen that film? And did you enjoy the cinematic retelling of his life? Oh, yes, I did. Very much so. I think that Spike Lee did a magnificent job with that film, and in my opinion, one of Denzel's greatest roles he's ever played. It will be interesting to hear how Malcolm X influenced our incoming interviews in their artistic art forms. But before we get to that, let's share some history with the people on Malcolm's life. Born Malcolm Little in Omaha, Nebraska, on May 19, 1925, to Earl and Louise Helen Norton Little. His father, Earl, Earl Little, was a devout Baptist minister and Garveyite, a follower of Jamaican leader Marcus Garvey, who believed that freedom, independence, and self-respect could never be achieved by blacks in America and therefore should return to Africa. Constantly threatened by the Ku Klux Klan, his father was murdered by the Klan when Malcolm was six, and then he was eventually placed in a series of foster homes beginning at the age 13 when his mother was placed in a mental institution. Malcolm fell into a world of drug dealing, robbery, gambling, and pimping. In 1946, he was arrested while picking up a stolen watch he had left at a shop for repairs. And in 1946, in February, began serving an 8- to 10-year sentence at Charleston State Prison for larceny and breaking and entering. That's right, Dennis. But what followed that sentencing was an opportunity for Malcolm to address some of his internal issues and spiritual empowerment through his conversion to Islam and the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Let's take a listen of a short clip from the Pacific Radio Archive of the Malcolm X Collection. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, this is, I'm very honored, I feel very honored, it's an honor to me to be able to come back to the Militant Labor Forum again this evening. It's my third time here. I was just telling my brother up here that probably tomorrow morning the press will, will try and make it appear that this little chat that we're having here this evening took place in Beijing or someplace else. They have a tendency to discolor things uh, in that in that way to try and make people not place the proper importance upon what they hear, especially when they're hearing it nowadays from persons whom they can't control, or as my brother has just pointed out, persons whom they consider irresponsible. But it's the third time that I've had an opportunity to uh, be a guest on the Militant Labor Forum, and I always feel that it is an honor. And every time they open the door for me to do so, I will be right here. 
The militant newspaper is one of the best in New York City. In fact, it's one of the best everywhere you go today because everywhere I go, I see it. I saw it even in Paris about a month ago. Uh, they were reading it over there, and I saw copies of it in some parts of Africa where I was during the summer. I don't know how it gets there, but if you put the right things in it, what you put in it will see that it gets around. Tonight, during the few moments that we have, we're going to have a little chat, like brothers and sisters and friends, and probably enemies too, about the prospects for peace or prospects for freedom in 1965. If you notice, I almost, almost slipped there and said peace. Actually, you can't separate peace from freedom. Anybody, no one can be at peace unless he has his freedom. Welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 KPFA. That was an excerpt from Malcolm X Talk, known as the Prospects for Freedom. That talk is part of the Pacific Radio Archives Malcolm X Collection, which is available to you tonight for a donation of $180. And also, KPFA listeners, we had technical difficulties, and the number, the actual number that you can call in and donate to get those Malcolm X speeches is 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-HEY-KPFA. And we apologize to the devout KPFA listeners for, for throwing you off. Yes, and again, thank you so much for your donations as we see that they are coming in. We really appreciate it. So back to a little bit of the history on Malcolm X. Malcolm's intellectual dexterity swelled as he devoured literature throughout the rest of his time in prison. Upon his release, Malcolm became a devout minister in the nation of Islam, urging others to change their lives in the way he had his transformed. Malcolm's natural charisma and ability to speak a strong message led him to becoming the nation of Islam's national spokesman, helping develop membership numbers from 500 to 30,000 within 11 years. During this period with the nation of Islam, many whites and some blacks were alarmed by the statements made during this time labeling him as a hate monger, violent speaker, and as well as a threat to improvement to race relations. Malcolm was equally critical of the civil rights movement, labeling Martin Luther King Jr. as a chump, while expressing the opinion that black people should defend and advance themselves by any means necessary. Malcolm spent 12 years preaching from 1952 to 1964, preaching the beliefs of Elijah Muhammad and the Nation of Islam. Towards the end of these years, Malcolm's relationship with Muhammad deteriorated. In 1964, Malcolm decided to go on a pilgrimage to Mecca, the holy city of Islam in Saudi Arabia, following his travels and discourses and discussions with people of various cultures. Malcolm returned a changed man with a changed message of self-empowerment tempered by tolerance towards all, preaching not just, just to African Americans, but to all races. Malcolm several times with the NOI and founded his own religious organization. Shortly after embarking to this new direction, Malcolm's home was bombed and set afire on February 14, 1965, at 2.30 a.m., while his wife, Betty Shabazz, and their children were asleep. They managed to escape safely. Even though Malcolm firmly believed the perpetrators to be NOI members, their identities were never discovered. Malcolm was killed before he could realize his re revolutionary vision. Until that moment of his death, 
He advanced its cause with all its might and all its will. As hard as he fought, his intentions were never violent at their core. Malcolm X was a passionate leader, a lucid minister, and a devout Muslim, and a steadfast champion of the disenfranchised. He is remembered in his many incarnations and often celebrated for those transformations and will be forever loved. El Haj Malik El Shabazz, also known as Malcolm X. Thank you for sharing that, Dennis. So we're going to move on forward because we're running a little bit uh, uh, back on time. We have a special guest coming in, but before they come in, we want to go ahead and play a clip from their movie, Gina's Journey. So this is a trailer for Gina's Journey. All right, dude, we're four minutes behind. What's it like? What's what like? To be free. Mom, where are we from? Well, that's a bit complicated, Gina. You know, we did have an ancestor in our family who was a slave who escaped from the South. He lived in New Haven, and I think his name was Grimes. He helped free the slaves? That's how the story goes, Gina. William Grimes was the first fugitive slave narrator in American history. Those that wish to know who Grimes is, he would inform them that he was born in a place in Virginia, has lived in several different states and been owned by ten different masters. And about ten years since, he ran away. My journey of identity began in 1968. It's an important thing for all African Americans to do their own family history. What's significant about what she's doing isn't the research, and it isn't the family. It's bigger than that. I hope some will buy my books from charity, but I am no beggar. If it weren't for the stripes on my back, which were made while I was a slave, I would, in my will, leave my skin as a legacy to the government, desiring that it might be taken off and made into parchment, then bind the Constitution of glorious, happy, free America. Welcome back to Full Circle. What you just heard was the trailer from Gina's Journey, which will be screening at the 2017 Black Film Festival. And we have three pairs of tickets, folks, so call in. Call 1-800-HEY-KPFA or online at kpfa.org. This has to be a credit card payment and you will be provided with those tickets. Yes, indeed. And in studio with us now, we do have Sean Durant, the director of Gina's Journey. Thank you for joining us, Sean. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So we're going to ask you a couple of questions about the movie. Okay. Uh, My first question is, what is your relationship to Regina Mason and how did you learn of her quest of learning more about her ancestor, William Grimes? Uh, that's a real interesting story because uh, Regina Mason is actually, um, she's related to me by marriage. So uh, my wife, her cousin, is actually married to Regina Mason, Brandon Mason. And we would often meet them at a family barbecue that occurred at a relative's house uh, yearly. And so through those family barbecues, um, Regina would express that she was working on this project, that she was studying her ancestor and that she was republishing his narrative and so we would get updates on this book 
the life of William Grimes that she was coming out with. So one summer, um, she actually showed up at the uh, at the barbecue and she had the book complete. And she was proud of it and she brought it out and we all kind of celebrated. And I'd come to one of her book signings following that and we were really supportive of it. And so one day I kind of talked to her and I said, you know, this would make an interesting and really good film. And she's like, yeah, that would be great, but... I don't know how to make a film. At the time, I had a production company and I was making music videos. So I uh, had, you know, some music videos on MTV. I kind of made strides to to really get out there and, and, and really make the production big. And I was doing all these stuff, all of the stuff in production. And so I said, well, you know, I have a production company. I think that we can make this film on our own. She could keep the rights to her story and we can control it. And that's what started us on this uh, seven years of discovery, three years of development, and four years of production to making this film. But that was the seed that started it. We decided that we could do it ourselves and tell our story, and, and uh, that was the beginning. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Now, this film is going to be playing at the San Francisco Black Film Festival. And which stage of the festival will the film be playing? We haven't actually got our uh, actual particular screening time and date. So it'll be one of the days uh, of the length of the festival. So that schedule actually comes out, I think, I believe tomorrow. So for anyone who obviously is going to be attending, we'll, we'll provide that information for them. But we are on the website. Our trailer's up on the website. And uh, we're listed as one of the films that are going to be shown at the festival. And again, folks, as we are speaking with Sean, those tickets are available. We do have three pairs. If you contact 1-800-439-5732, again, that is 1-800-439-5732, you can get a pair of tickets for this beautifully well-done movie. And I do want to ask a little bit more about your your background. So what was it like for you to learn about this ancestral history uh, from your wife's family? It was incredible because you uh, often hear about people getting into genealogy and finding about out interesting facts about people in their past and people they're related to but where Gina Mason's was different because not only did she find out that she had an ancestor who was a slave who had run away from slavery after 10 slave masters from the south to the north but then he was the first to actually write about his experience and he wrote about it and published it not once but twice in his life and that book he actually took uh, to the copyright office in Connecticut and actually got a copyright for it. So she found all this out and not only rediscovered his story, but his book, and then brought the book and got it republished. So it wasn't just you're finding out some interesting facts about him, but this person made a very, very big contribution in history, and we had never learned about him in school. We'd never heard. We'd heard about Frederick Douglass and some of the other uh, you know, people who are tied to slave narratives, but not William Grimes. So he didn't have his place in history. So not only was the story unfolding that was interesting about our life, but the history that wasn't discovered and it wasn't put out uh, until now was actually being discovered in real time and verified by scholars like Professor Andrews, who worked with her on the book from the University of North Carolina at uh, Chapel Hill. So all of this was unfolding at once. And that's that was just an incredible feeling to be a part of that. Awesome. And so a big part of our theme tonight is Malcolm X's birthday celebration. Yes. And earlier we heard the eulogy provided by Ozzie Davis where he talks about uh, Malcolm really being planted as a seed that sticks with us um, even though he had passed an untimely death. What does Malcolm X mean to you? 
or does he have any influence on your life today? I would say a big influence. You know, with Malcolm X, he, to me, exemplified that struggle, that always saying you want to stand up for what you believe in and what what is right. Um, But there's a lot of people that want to go about things in a peaceful manner, and there's always a time and place for that. But sometimes you do have to resist, and sometimes you do have to fight. And that's what Malcolm X means to me, um, watching like Spike Lee's movie and and really becoming uh, really influenced by his life and the way he turned his life around. Because, you know, growing up in Oakland, for a lot of us, I wasn't always a perfect person. You know, I had my time where I was out there uh, running the streets and doing this and that. And to be able to to see how you can go from that. And I have so many friends and people who are living that street life and they got really deep in it. And then to later on turn their life around through education, through commitment to the community, through a bigger purpose and evolve. Not just change, but to evolve into something else that can be a bigger part of our global community and make contributions to it. That's really what Malcolm X represents to me because he changed his life and he developed his life and he took chances and he pushed and he resisted. Um, But just the contribution that he made over his lifetime was, was huge. And I think there's a little bit of that in all of us. I would have to agree. Do you think that it was your artistic platform that brought you through some of those hard times that you were dealing with as you were growing up? reaching out to do film or expressing yourself through video? Um, I think the dream of it and the desire to do it definitely was something that was always there. Um, I used to, uh, as a kid, I used to you know, run home from school and I used to watch uh, music videos when they first started on MTV. And I said, oh, I, I really want to do that. And I, you know, as it got later on into the music video era, I remember specifically I used to watch some of the, you know, the Puff Daddy videos and the Hype Williams videos. And I was like, oh, they just look so amazing. And they had this impact on people. And, and I was a huge hip hop fan. So all the big hip hop videos from the, you know, the 88 era, the classics, um, the classic ones, the, the Run DMCs, the LLQJ, Salt and Pepper and Kumo D, Big Daddy Kane. I used to watch those videos over and over and over again. That was a big inspiration for me to get into the movie in- industry to change my life, to want something bigger, you know? And so after I went to college uh, and learned about business, I said, you know, business and computers were great, but I really want to do something that I'm passionate about, and that was uh, filmmaking. So I went to L.A. and and volunteered on a few sets, and I was hooked. But definitely that was, when I was young, that ideal of being able to go out and one day create the kind of stuff that had impact on people's lives in the form of uh, filmmaking was, was just a big part of it. Well, we definitely thank you so much for your time, and we encourage everyone to go out and see this film. Go to the San Francisco Black Film Festival. Again, we are offering these tickets in pairs. If you contact 1-800-439-5732, again, that number is 1-800-439-5732. Again, thank you so much, Sean Durant, for coming down and speaking with us. We're going to take a quick music break, and we will return with more.
Circle here on 94.1 KPFA. That eternal tune was Sam Cooke with The Change Is Gonna Come. Before the music break, we had Sean Durant, producer and director of the film Genus Journey, in the studio with us. We have, how many tickets do we have left? Well, we are $70 away from our $400 goal. We have two donations so far, $180 coming out of Alameda and $150 coming out of San Jose. So we are in need of $70 more to meet our $400 match. And we would love to have you call us again for those tickets. The number is 1-800-439-5732. We also have a couple of other things available, correct, Dennis? Uh, yes, we do. We have the Pacifica Radio Archives of History of Malcolm X 6D Collection, 6D CD Collection, which it has... Uh, Black Muslim versus the sit-ins, uh, Malcolm X, James Baldwin, and Laverne Cummings. At a Harlem rally, Malcolm X supports Fannie Lou Hamer. These are very, very interesting um, uh, CD sets that you should definitely pick up. Uh, we have uh, the Passes to Gina's Journey uh, for $50 a piece. We have the Michael Lange reenactment of Ballot or the Bullet for $50. And in that 6D CD collection, you will, you will get the ballot or the bullet speech. Malcolm's Prospects for Freedom, talk given at the Militant Labor Forum back in 1965. You will get James Baldwin. That's all of that in Pacifica Radio Archives, Malcolm X Collection for a donation of $180. That's right. And also on the topic of Michael Lange, our next guest is with the Michael Lange Foundation. So what we're going to do is take a quick break, play you a clip of that wonderful DVD that is being provided for $50 and get to interviewing our guest with the Michael Lange Foundation. You don't have a revolution in which you love your enemy. And you don't have a revolution in which you are baking the system of exploitation to integrate you into it. 
Revolutions overturn systems. Revolutions destroy systems. A revolution is bloody, but America is in a unique position. She's the only country in history actually in a position to become involved in a bloodless revolution. Chinese revolution was bloody. Russian revolution was bloody. Cuban revolution was bloody. French revolution was bloody. And there was nothing more bloody than the American revolution. But today, this country can become involved in a revolution that won't take bloodshed. All she's got to do is give the black man in this country everything that's due him. Everything. I hope that the white man can see this. Because if you don't see it, you're finished. If you don't see it, you're going to become involved in some action in which you don't have a chance. We don't care anything whatsoever about your atomic bombs. They're useless. Because other countries have atomic bombs. When two and three different countries have atomic bombs, nobody can use them. So it means that the white man today is without a weapon. He got to come on down to earth. And there are more black people on earth than there are white people on earth. So I only have a couple of more minutes. The white man can never win another war on the ground. His days of war victory, his days of background victory are over. Can I prove it? Yes. Welcome back to Full Circle here on KPFA 94.1 FM. We just played a clip of Michael Lynch as Malcolm X. Before we get started into the interview, we just received an anonymous donation of $25. We are $45 short of our $400 goal. We've extended the goal to the end of the evening, 8 o'clock. So if we just need an extra $45, we'll meet our match of $400, totaling our overall hour to $800. So with us today, we do have our special guest. Pettis Perry, and you're with the Michael Lange Foundation, correct? Yes, I'm the president of the organization. And so if you can give us a little bit of a background of your relationship with Michael Lange. Sure. Uh, Michael and I uh, knew each other since about 1971. I met him by accident uh, in the quad at uh, Laney College, and he was just walking past, and I needed some directions, and I said, hey, you know, can you help me? And he said, sure. So I asked my question. And then a couple of years later, uh, I ended up at Oakland Tech coaching football. And Michael was a counselor there. And our friendship uh, began at that point. And we knew each other as best friends for about 45 years. All right. Synchronicity. All right. For for those who don't know the name Michael Lange, he was an Oakland-based actor, director, playwright and filmmaker is that correct yes well he was a lot of things okay uh, lance was best known for his uncanny portrayal of malcolm x malcolm x lance would tour the country as he performed speeches like the message up to the grassroots and the ballot or the bullet i love that speech he also performed in jeff stetson's award-winning play the meeting Portrayed, portraying a fictitious meeting between Malcolm X and Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Unfortunately, Michael Lange passed away in May of 2015, and he was 65 years of age. Some of the things I like for you to, to, to the content of Mike, Michael's character and how he was influenced by Malcolm X. 
Michael's day jobs, as far as far as I know, uh, provided some some type of public service. Um, Could you expand on some of those jobs that he had? Sure enough, um, Michael uh, was uh, the director of Camp Kid. Uh, and I had the good fortune of working with him for a couple of summers up at Camp Kid, uh, which was the Oakland Parks and Recreation Camp. Uh, and then he went on to become the director of Feather River Camp, which was the the larger camp uh, segment. Camp Kid was for young boys. Uh, the Feather River Camp included family camp and, and other camps within it. Okay, wonderful. Uh, Prophet Nat. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Does that sound familiar? Sure. Prophet Nat. Okay. Uh, th- the thing about that particular piece is I remember uh, when we were at Oakland Tech, Michael talking about his desire to someday produce something about Nat Turner. And it was really wonderful to see that he actually fulfilled that dream that he had uh, some 15, 20 years later. Uh, Michael was incredible that way. He was an incredible artist. In fact, he's probably the most creative person I've ever met. Uh, Among the community work that he did and the teaching and the other things, he was also, as you know, an actor, a playwright, a a lyricist. Uh, He sang, played the guitar. Uh, He was also a fine artist, uh, a great researcher and a counselor. So he was, wow. again, literally the most creative person and the most well-rounded person I've ever met. Wow, as a man of many hats. Um, it, it also says here, we have notes that says he, he's appeared in the, the Soldier Story. Yes, uh, and actually Sean uh, uh, saw Michael in the uh, shoulder Soldier Story and uh, ended up casting him uh, as uh, the Elder Grimes. Uh, so there was a connection between Soldier Story and then the uh, later uh, Gina's Journey. Michael was just incredible. He, he was a very powerful actor. And uh, it's nice to have been able to have witnessed how he and his brother Ted interacted about Michael's uh, ability as an actor. And Teddy was very complimentary of Michael's ability to act and to play lots of different characters. Uh, yes, I, I actually got a chance to sample a little bit of the uh, reenactment of the Ballad and the Bullet, and it was very powerful. For those of you who have ever heard that speech, you would have to have a powerful voice to, in order to uh, mimic uh, Malcolm X. So very strong, very deep, very commanding voice. If you don't mind, I'd like to share another little story about his portrayal of Malcolm X. Definitely, go ahead. Uh, Michael played Malcolm X over a thousand times. And when he was in New York and performed in New York, he told me the story um, within a couple of weeks of his death uh, that the Shabazz family approached him and told him that he personified the spirit of Malcolm X, which is high praise for any actor uh, but particularly because of his ability to act as a Malcolm X. Mm, yeah, that, that's very high praise to actually get um, a commitment from the family. Wow, that, that, that's something very special. Uh, when exactly, uh, what year did uh, Michael began, began uh, portraying Malcolm X? I don't recall the exact uh, year that it started. He just told me that he was getting ready to uh, act in the play 
and asked me to come down and see it, uh, but I don't recall exactly when that uh, time happened, but I saw him as an actor a number of times over the course of his career. Okay, did the um did, did it ever go international? Did do you know? Did it ever go overseas to other countries? Not to my knowledge. Although Michael went overseas, Michael uh, was doing some work over in Africa, and was trying to get young people to think about their roots uh, in Africa. And he believed that understanding your roots was extremely important to understanding your present condition. So he was always trying to make linkages with people in whatever way he could wow he sounds like a very very talented guy definitely i did want to ask you so you are the president of the foundation what is it that the foundation does we have tried to capture michael's spirit which was about social change social justice and peace so we've actually built our mission statement around those three areas and we've just begun uh, we got our incorporation at the end of 2015, and uh, it took us 90 days, which is an unheard of thing. And it felt like Michael's hand was actually guiding the creation of the foundation. And uh, so we've we've been in existence for a couple, just a couple of years, a year and a half or so. So we're just getting off the ground. But our intention is to work with individuals and organizations who work in the areas of social change, social justice, and peace. And we want to get to the point where we can recognize those individuals and organizations and at some point, uh, based on our financial ability, to be able to support those groups and individuals with uh, some sort of uh, financial stipend or grant. So we're just we're just getting off the ground. We're still in our startup phase, uh, but we've got an event tomorrow uh, that will be our first public event at the African-American Museum and Library here in Oakland. So we're very excited about our launch, and it's actually two years to the day uh, from when Michael passed away. So we believe that we're really fulfilling his vision. And what's interesting about that is he almost passed away on the same day of Malcolm X's passing. That's so exactly not right. only was he on stage, you know, pro- projecting in his spirit the seed like the eulogy had said he almost even passed on the same day but not not necessarily the same year but the same day which is really interesting Uh, i find that fascinating uh he also passed away uh at a time it was 1206 uh p.m and our found our fraternity uh, where we were both members of alpha phi alpha fraternity was founded december of 06 so uh, there were a lot of spiritual connections at least from my uh, vantage point, if you will, knowing his life and his and his legacy. And your foundation does work with a lot of great causes. Um, does any of it interact with radio? I know that our goal here is being community radio, so put people on air like yourself in hopes of not only building up the um, the positive messages that go across to the community of the Bay Area, but also hopefully establishing some really good roots. I'm kind of staying underneath the same theme as earlier, the seed of positivity. Um, does your organization work within different artistic platforms that you would like to expand on? Um, sure. Uh, actually, one of our initiatives is arts and education. Uh, we were given a thousand 
videos of the Oakland Is show, and we're trying to find funding to be able to archive those and keep those for posterity. And one of the groups that we're looking to work with is actually trying to cre- uh, create a a uh, radio station uh, with all the old equipment and to do some of the things that KPFA is is trying to do in its programs. So yes, we're very connected to the arts uh, and to education in those domains. So as we begin to grow, uh, I'm sure that we're going to have a number of uh, activities and, and events that we do. And I just want to remind our audience that we are providing the Michael Lange DVD for $50. It is him portraying Malcolm X, Ballot or the Bullets. Uh, so do you have any information for anyone who would want to maybe uh, join or volunteer or, you know, in order to, um, to help out your organization? Yes, uh, we have a website. It's michaellangefoundation.org. So you can uh, see who we are and the kinds of things that we are uh, working to fulfill. And uh, you can always look on the website for ways to donate if you have an an interest in doing that. Uh, And we have our event tomorrow as a kickoff over at the African-American Museum and Library here in Oakland. And what time is that happening tomorrow? From uh, 2 p.m. to 5. 2 p.m. to 5. So it's going to be a really nice, fun-filled, community activism-filled weekend. People can come down to the library, hang out, learn more about your organization, then head on over to San Antonio Park afterwards to get a little bit of food, enjoy time with friends, family, and community. And again, the DVD set of Michael Lange's Malcolm X is available for $50.00. By contacting 1-800-439-5732. Again, that number is 1-800-439-5732. We're also offering two other items, the Malcolm X CD set for $180 and the tickets for $50. So call in 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Up next, we're going to have a clip that was taken by one of our producers here, Free Will and Franklin, at last year's Malcolm X Jazz Festival as he interviewed members of the Eastside Arts Alliance. was a a self-determined black leader in this country. He really understood the role of uh, community empowerment. He really understood the role of self-determination for particularly communities of color. Um, And he also understood the role of culture. You know, we use a quote by Malcolm that says, uh, culture is an indispensable weapon in the freedom struggle. So Malcolm really understood that you had to be politically savvy, you had to be community engaged, you had to be about self-determination, and you had to have culture be a main uh, conduit to that, you know, so that's why we do it for Malcolm. And I think as, as is reflected in the vendors that and community organizations around us, we this whole past year we've been doing so many campaigns with other grassroots organizations, particularly of color, and it's reflected in the people that are here and the people who are selling things, and that's what also Malcolm X was about, you know. Throughout his uh, struggles and process in, within the nation, he came to recognize that it was about third world solidarity. And that's something that's reflected in our staff. That's something that's reflected in the events we put on. You know, and, and that's just, it, it, because that's where we live. This is who we are here in Oakland, you know. So we, we honor him for his life, for his sacrifice, and, and for the, you know, the lessons he taught us. So the thing with the Jazz Festival and why we choose to honor Malcolm is that Malcolm believed 
in self-determination, unity of third world peoples, also like liberations of all people around the world. And the main thing why jazz is such a powerful tool is because jazz is inherently black culture. And we see if we can keep, and everybody works towards keeping black culture in the hands of young people and on the hands of young black people. We're going to try to teach these young people to be not social workers, but culture workers to empower their own communities. And that's in the spirit of Malcolm, out of his own mouth, believing that till there can be black unity, there will be no unity between different peoples of different colors. So that's what we try to do, empower each community within their own realms so that they could be um, unity across color lines. So it's not about tokenizing or like anything like that. If you look at our collective, it reflects the demographics of the neighborhood. You know, there's like Asian folks, South Pacific Islander folks, there's uh, uh, Chicano and uh, Native American folks, and we have black folks running things collectively. Not in a hierarchical type of way, but just in a collective form. because we have the festival, but it's actually May 19th, which means it's actually Malcolm's birthday. And you know, a lot of people ask us, well, why do we do this? Why is it called the Malcolm X Jazz Festival? And you know, Eastside, we believe in honoring Malcolm, not just because he was an amazing black leader, not just because he was a, he was a brilliant speaker, not because he was a dope organizer, but also because Malcolm had a very clear political understanding about internationalism and what it meant to have an internationalist political perspective. And here in Oakland, we believe in the self-determination for the black community, for the Asian community, for the Rasa community, and the native communities, right? And we understand that it has to be us to change our communities in the way that we want to see them changed. And Malcolm understood this. Malcolm spoke about this. So we honor Malcolm. And why a jazz festival? A lot of people say, why not a blues festival? Why not hip hop festival? Why y'all doing a jazz festival? And we believe in jazz as being the real classical American music, right? Jazz is our homegrown American classical music that came from the black community, right? And right now, when you go to jazz festivals, you hardly see a jazz artist on the bill, right? It might be, it's a good festival. It might be soul artists, you know, it might be R&B, but you hardly see jazz artists. So we believe that right now is the moment to make sure that we articulate that we emphasize that jazz is our music. Jazz came from this country and it's for us. And we need to remember that this music is still being innovated by amazing young artists and older artists and there's a legacy for it. So that's why it's the Malcolm X Jazz Festival. Thank you, Pettis Perry, president of Michael Land Foundation. And thank you, Sean Durant, director of Gina's Journey. That will be Gina's Journey will be showing at the San Francisco Black Film Festival, June fifteenth through the eighteenth, and the Michael Lange will have an event tomorrow. Thank also, you. thanks to Free Will and Franklin on that nice music mashup from last year's Malcolm X Jazz Festival, which will be from noon to 7 p.m. at San Antonio Park. Now back to the fun drive. We were able to make our $400 match. Thank you all so much to all of you who have donated. Thank you to our donation of $180 coming out of Alameda, our $150 donation coming out of San Jose, our $100 donation coming out of Fairfax, and our anonymous donor who just happened to come by and drop off $25. Wow, thank you. We appreciate it all. And we have, we actually have a, a lot more than those three items. We have, um, 
We have hoodies. We have bumper stickers. Um, anything, anything will help. We're a community radio. We do not survive off uh, corporate underwriting. We survive off the help from the community. And you are the community. If you're listening, you are the resistance. It is our responsibility as KPFA um, employee, well, no, not employees, but I'm actually a volunteer. I spend my time up here uh, for free only because I know the importance of this radio station. This radio station is one of the most uh, important outlets of information that, that I can name. I mean, just me, just using the I statement. Uh, thank you, Miss Joy Moore, for that. But um, it's number one on my station every in every car I get into, 94.1 KPFA. And again, if you're wanting to donate before our hour ends, the number is 1-800-439-5732. Again, that number is 1-800-439-5732. And like Dennis had expressed, you know, we can't thank the people who have already donated enough. This is community-funded radio. It is a publicly-funded radio station. We hope to be providing you throughout the years with great content so that we can keep this station alive, but also keep positivity alive, planting seeds like Malcolm X has planted within the lives of young people, people who are currently knowledgeable, because not all, we don't always have the free time to be able to sit down and read a book. But we do spend a lot of time out here in the Bay Area in our driver's seat, right? So we want to keep KPFA alive. We want to keep you on 94.1 FM. We want to keep that money coming in, even past our program. Please continue to donate throughout the evening. Yes, and you know what? Uh, if you want to come down here and, um, and volunteer, that, that's also an option. Um, people don't have, you know, the $180 for this magnificent Malcolm X CD set. If you don't have that, that's fine. Um, we do have the other two options. We have the $50 DVD, Michael Lange performing Malcolm X. We also have the pair of tickets. Yes, we have the pair of, t- the pair of tickets to Sean Durant's Gina's Journey. And also, I wanted to, um, I wrote this down myself. This is, I, I didn't know this before, but this is an actual um, a fun fact about uh, Malcolm X. I, I didn't know that Malcolm X actually stood uh, six foot three inches. So he's actually a pretty tall fella and 180 pounds. So if you could put that, if you could just imagine that in your head, you know, with a powerful voice along with that. So that is quite a presence. Mm-hmm, yeah. I'm six foot three, but I'm 220. Yeah. So, but I don't speak like Malcolm X. <laughs> with that deep, booming voice. And, and also another fact, I, I can't honor this man so much. I actually have. Uh, me, myself, I have two photos of Malcolm X in my home. As soon as you walk into my home, it's a big portrait, a very big portrait of Malcolm X. And so when you come into my home, you know exactly what you're walking into. Anyone who's ever, ever been into my home, you, uh, you already know that. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Dennis. And with that being said, we want to give a special shout out to everyone involved in tonight's show. That includes Miss M, our producer, uh, Free Will and Franklin, Sylvia on the ones and twos. I've been your host, Audio Desperado, Frian Colbert. And I am Dennis the Menace Roos. Thank you very much for all your donations. We'll talk to you next week.